0: Welcome to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy based modalities. With your host, Dr. Mary Sanders, a medical intuitive and chiropractor, let's join the podcast. Today on Energy Medicine, I will be joined by Valerie Montgomery. Valerie is a counselor, connector, and educator. She has almost six decades of experience with therapeutic listening, supporting women of all ages and in all phases of their lives, and supports without judgment and with warmth and presence. Valerie is an experiential speaker, published author and poet, and course creator and group facilitator. Thank you so much for joining us. I am your host, Dr. Mary, and I invite you to visit my website, www.drmarysanders.com to download your free guide to boost your energy centers to experience more clarity, purpose, and vitality. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back to today's show. With me today is Valerie Montgomery. Having experienced human growth and development through full-time motherhood, homeschooling, and community volunteering, she went to graduate school and earned a Master's of Arts in Counseling and Human Services. Creating and growing a clinical private practice, as well as working in agencies for the Army and psychiatric hospitals, has rounded out her experience. Continuing education of at least 20 credits for 15 years has brought her to where she is now. Currently, Valerie has two businesses, and as she practices clinical counseling, as well as putting together her online courses, which I'm sure we'll hear more about today. The title of today's podcast is How to Understand, Incorporate, and Wield Your Emotional Reality with Finesse and Expertise. Welcome to the podcast, Energy Medicine, Valerie. Thank you so much for being here today. I sincerely appreciate uh, the time that you're committing to us today and the wisdom that you're about to share with us revolving around the emotional body and how we can, as humans, get more connected and in control with our emotions. So thank you and welcome. Thank you for having me so much. Valerie and I were talking before we got started on the podcast today, and Valerie lives in Colorado Springs, and that is where I spent 22 years of my professional business, uh, my professional life down in Colorado Springs, and in fact, I still have a sister and a father that lived down there. And I feel as though I kind of know the frequency of Valerie just by the mere fact that she's from Colorado Springs. And like Minnie, she was gravitated to Colorado Springs because she was affiliated with the military. And then once she came, she never left. Absolutely, Yeah. And so did you raise your kids in Colorado Springs as well? Yes. My children are all
1: Coloradans and two were military births and one was a civilian birth. And so they call this place home." And I said that they can leave me, but I'm not leaving them, and the the sunshine is hard to beat
0: absolutely. Now, I have moved away from Colorado since I left Colorado Springs, and that is the one thing that I missed the most, and that was the days of sunshine. So it makes a big difference, at least for me and my emotions.
1: It's a wonderful like elevation. Uh, it's a beautiful day here today. Uh, we did have snow last week. You never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but it's just a beautiful place
0: to live. I agree. I absolutely agree. So I am interested in hearing more about your personal journey. Like, how did you come to be an expert on emotion?
1: Well, I think as we all do, I have a, a story And it involves multiple factors. And probably, this is the way I'm put together. I am fascinated and motivated to help people. My longest career is a volunteer. And I've been doing that since I was a teenager. And I watched my parents do that. And the emotional piece, I think is because there was not a lot of emotional education in my childhood. So I'm an expert in developmental trauma, which is what happens when you're a child, and prenatal trauma, perinatal trauma, and epigenetic trauma. So we inherit things in our field, if you will, that we think are about us. And I have been going to my own healing journey for 19 years now. And I'm very passionate about that. And not only for myself, but also for my clients, I would be a counselor, whether I had any trauma or not. And I get to experience it from the inside out and to metabolize it for the benefit of anyone who works with me or anyone who talks with me. It's just what I do. It's
0: who I am. Mm -hmm. I love that. And for the listeners, you said that you specialize in trauma, whether it be trauma that individuals or spirits uh, inhabit when they're in within utero or after they're born. And if I'm understanding you correctly, even trauma that you assimilate through your ancestral lineage before you are born. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful, and I have the same philosophy, the same belief system, but I just wanted to clarify that for the listeners that we're talking about trauma that we possibly genetically inherit, okay? So maybe, perhaps, it may be from our mother when we're in utero, or maybe it's from our lineage, ancestral lineage, prior to coming into this, being birthed into this physical world. And then obviously, we all are aware of the trauma that we pick up and that we accumulate as we're small people and even into our adult lives as well. And trauma is such an intricate topic, don't you think? It's well
1: misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So I like to say any less than nurturing behaviors by a major caregiver during childhood including and mostly what didn't happen that would have been nurturing. So mm-hmm. not only the things that occur and what we make up about ourselves in that environment, but also what would have been more supportive for us as individuals.
0: Mm, that's so beautifully said. Thank you. I'm thinking about, I believe that you and I are of the same age, uh, the same, I was about ready to say the same age, but the same generational bracket and I just want to acknowledge that our parents raised us with the, to the best of their abilities with the tools that they had at that given time. But let's just face it, many people were not connected emotionally during you know, the early 60s or the latter 50s, and those were our parents that were raising us. So that in itself, as you said, it can sometimes be what was not present that affected us as trauma. So just because somebody didn't know how to emotionally regulate themselves, that is, again, um, a form we can embody that as trauma. So thank you for saying that.
1: You're welcome. It's quite complex and Mm -hmm. it is getting better. I believe our understanding has been improving and it's really a matter of availability for holding space with um, knowledge, experience, and intention that people can do automatically, like naturally. And I have training um, and my own understanding of that for myself. And I can hold space. It's almost working with clients is the easiest thing I do.
0: I love the fact that you're talking about holding space for other people, because that's exactly what I say that I do. And, And I've been challenged like, Hey, Mary, what exactly did that mean when you hold space for somebody? And I guess, um, and, I, and I think that because I know your intro, uh, the key word that will come up for me is it's just a space of non-judgment. It's a space that really originates out of compassion for someone else.
1: I think that when there has been a lack of nurture uh, for the personhood, to be seen is very scary. And it's exquisitely painful when you've never been seen or felt or understood. Uh, and so I hold space so that the client can do that for herself.
0: Lovely. Now, I know, Valerie, um, I don't want to take you by surprise with the next question, but um, I believe that you're going to be able to answer it organically as you can. And that is how trauma gets stored within the physical body within the tissues of our body. Do you have anything to say about that?
1: Absolutely. So we'll just use an example of a child. Something is going on in her environment. She might be five years old and she doesn't know what to do with whatever information or experience she's having. And there isn't an attuned, regulated, present adult who can help her to process that. So it gets stored in the nervous systems and it gets almost frozen so that she can survive it. And she makes up all kinds of meanings about it or definitions about herself or the world. And she keeps these really, these, this information, this experience really deep within because there hasn't been a route for sharing it. So, and she thinks that's her personality, or she thinks that that's just who she is. And one day she's sitting in an office with a counselor or somebody like yourself. And all of a sudden, this data point comes through the body. I teach a form of breath work um, that involves tapping into emotions are the portal that I use. But I teach this to all my clients to be present with their body and what their body's telling them. And that's where it's stored. So I believe the body doesn't lie. I mean, our our minds make up all kinds of things. So I call it the body mind. Put the body first. and then once once there's enough regulation present, the client can experience what that is in real time. The emotion emotions are outside the space-time continuum.
0: So they're always available to
1: heal. And that's good news.
0: That's phenomenal news because if you think about us as spirits living within a human home, our first instinct, our wiring is to be in defense, if you will. So we don't know exactly how the trauma gets stored. Obviously, within the central nervous system, there's so many theories, such as the polyvagal theory and unraveling the parasympathetic versus the sympathetic. But as spirits in a human home... When we're five years old, unable to regulate or understand intellectually what's happening within the environment, you use the word frozen. It becomes frozen within the central nervous system. That stays along for, it stays with us for years upon years. And so I love, love, love the fact that you're talking about the time space continuum. And that emotions don't exist in that. So, that really truthfully, Valerie, is so empowering to myself, to you, and to the listeners. It's like we don't have to. We can make a conscious choice to say, I stop here with these kind of emotions. That's just amazing. So, I know your background is so eclectic. I mean, you've been all over the gamut, all over the globe. And what kind of steps, I mean, did you just organically? Are you just kind of the person that's wired for healing, like wanting self-healing? And then you said, okay, now I really want to take the necessary steps to get the professional acumen in order to hold space for other people. So I can only imagine what that journey looked like for you. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yes.
1: um, There were medical things happening to me that had no physical origin. So 19 years ago, this spring, I sought my first counselor because I had white flags from my body and I needed to help my body. And I knew I would go to counseling or be a counselor, and I did both. So what my body was telling me is I could stay in the marriage I was in and, and get sicker or slower, like it was happening, or I could die quickly through the portal of divorce, which in my family was not even an option in the way I grew up. So I decided to, you know, in the circus, they've got those rings of fire. I decided to die faster than to die slowly, which is what my body was doing. And I knew my route to make a living. I hadn't worked for money in 20 years was counseling. I always knew I needed to have a graduate degree to do that. And I applied to graduate schools. And Mm -hmm. I'd been in my own healing journey for two years before I started graduate school. And then I would volunteer to be the class uh, example in Mm -hmm. graduate school. So Mm -hmm. I got a lot out of it.
0: Oh, you know, Valerie, I just have to say again, for the, the sake of the listeners. So literally, you were experiencing physical issues within your body that you knew did not stem originally from the physical essence. Like it was a, you knew intuitively that the reason that your body was starting to shut down was due to something outside your physical body. You knew that perhaps it had an emotional component or a spiritual component or an energetic component. And then you found the courage from within to say, once again, time out, I choose to stop this negative cycle and make different conscious choices for yourself. I love hearing about those kind of kinds of journeys.
1: It was a worldview collapse. <laughs> it 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 had every every aspect of my life. It was difficult. Yeah. But because of that, it's almost like it was the motivation or the explosion, or uh it set a whole different course for my life. And I've been very honored to have. Two
0: very fulfilling careers. I chuckled when you were saying and, you know, starting to discuss about the challenges of choosing this journey and the path of healing really, truly, truthfully is never easy. So I do always um, admire the courage that it takes for people to go down that path. And so what advice do you have for other people who have not learned how to harness this wisdom or to take control over their emotions or to courageously choose to a different path? What advice? Because the listeners are searching for advice, and you're an expert in this industry when it comes to emotion. I would say
1: to take heart. Hmm. There are many options to healing, and there are so many healers. The opportunities can be free online these days. I would say to trust yourself and the divine timing of your life and tune in to yourself and what feels right for you. It could be a yoga class at the local community center. It could be going on a, on a walk or a hike or reaching out to a friend that you've lost touch with. It could be journaling or music, um, holding your pet, giving yourself some space and time to be available for yourself like those adults in your childhood couldn't be.
0: Hmm.
1: It's hard to give ourselves the things that weren't given to us because the neural pathways haven't been formed. So it's easier to travel those neural pathways that have been established for longer, which is like our mom, not like our mom, like our dad or not like our dad. But what about you as your true self and your individuality? And what is the thing that you've always wanted to do or learn or experience? Find your joy, make a list of things you enjoy, and do something off of that list every day. Everyone else will be okay. (laughs) Yes, if you have minor children, you know they have needs, and they're incorporating how you treat yourself. And that's motivating for moms, active moms. I say I'm a mother, but they're not at home. They're still watching.
0: They are watching. You definitely are a role model. I love that you're listening. You're encouraging the listeners to listen to their intuition. And so that's information that they gain, a sense of knowing that's outside their traditional five senses. And then to listen to those, to listen to your intuition is a little unnerving because I don't know about you, but when I first was getting intuitive hits, I certainly did not listen to them, nor did I have the courage to act upon them. And so then I started to recognize, the next step was I started to recognize I was getting information and then I was still ignoring the advice. And so then the third step for me was like, okay, I recognize I'm listening, I'm responding. So the healing path, as you said, is not linear. It's not cookie cutter. You can't say nor give advice to one person and expect it to be effective in all the various different people that you see. It just doesn't, each person from an integrative being is different. It takes courage to be yourself Hmm.
1: Uh, because this is a world that tends to tell us what we're supposed to do. Uh, and how we're supposed to do it. And I understand that, you know, our parents or teachers or coaches or other organizations are trying to be supportive, but you know, that's an individual experience. Every, every person has different ways they feel supported. So it's very Mm -hmm. subjective and it's not
0: common to be encouraged to be yourself. Going back to our comment that we were talking about holding space for other people and Um, I believe and I'm sure you may feel the same way and that is when we're holding space from the heart center and holding it in a compassionate way that still allows the other person to have their journey so it allows them to be able to make choices to empower themselves to make the necessary choices to heal themselves so as people energetic healers such as yourself We're not doing the healing. We're simply holding the space as a facilitator. And then the patients and the clients are ultimately responsible for healing themselves. Yes. It's like we become a witness to themselves so that they can learn how to witness themselves. Yeah. I cringe when people say, yep, I'm a healer. I do the healing for you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) We are facilitators. We hold space and create a container. That's all that we do. They do the healing on themselves. So thank you for that alignment. I really appreciate that. So if we were to take these concepts and bring it back down into practical everyday steps, how can knowing your emotions improve your relationships or how can they improve your career what are tangible ways that if if somebody embarks upon this journey how can they trust that they're going to know how to incorporate understand and integrate their emotions when they're in relations with other people which is really really hard and also when they're confronted in their career
1: i like to start simple you know i have a feelings list Uh, It's A to Z of feelings I've collected across time with the feelings exercise at the top of the first page, and it can feel overwhelming. So I tell people, once a day, just sort of tune in and think about whether you're feeling mad, sad, glad, or afraid, and write it down. You can write it in a journal, on your whiteboard, for the grocery list, on your refrigerator, on your notes app, on your phone, or just think about it. And just start to track what you're feeling every day. Just one little simple word, mad, sad, glad, or afraid. And just start simple. Because emotions are information about what we need more or less of. And as adults, we can take care of our needs. We want other people in our lives. And we want enriching relationships and a career that feels fulfilling and sometimes we're not feeling how we thought we were feeling before we started tracking it or tuning in to what we're feeling. It's just a little exercise, but it can be really amazing to understand. And you can go from there. You know, after the first week, if you don't want to just pick mad, sad, glad, or afraid, you'd be like, what am I feeling then? It'll be under one of those four categories, but it will be more specific, which gives you more nuanced Um, Understanding of yourself.
0: And what advice do you have for people that, you know, we all have family members that know what buttons to push, what triggers, or how to energetically compromise your own space? Well, we all have them, or we have a boss that knows how to do it, and God knows how that happens. But What advice do you have for those people who say, I was feeling happy. I was in a good mood until I was around this person. And then all of a sudden, boy, I just shifted. My energy just shifted.
1: I think people are attracted to our lives or we attract people or there are certain family dynamics that tend to be replayed so that we'll learn something about ourselves Yes, we can implement boundaries, which is what we enforce for ourselves. And is there something deep that we need to be understanding about ourselves? I'm not saying everyone is a safe person for everyone. Why do I need to be around somebody who is chronically, you know, not nice? Is there something I need to change in my world and what I'm exposing myself to? And I've talked with people about this. Yes, I love my mom. Okay, well, how long um, when you spend with your mom are you enjoying the visit? 10 minutes. Okay, why don't we set up a 10-minute visit? How would that be for you? Oh, she's gonna be upset. Okay, well, let's put you first and just do an experiment and see if we do a 10-minute phone call. Let's just see what it would be like to put yourself at the forefront of the priority list. (laughs)
0: I love the 10-minute idea, and I love that you're keeping it simple and easy to implement, you know, the Kaizen steps that allow us to take bigger chunks and, and larger projects emotionally in the future. So I think that there's so much wisdom in what you're sharing, Valerie. I just I hope the listeners can really appreciate the simplicity and the, the importance of just taking actions of prioritizing your own emotional well-being first before you care for someone or to be present for someone else?
1: I think it's something that has happened more often in our generation, maybe, um, Hmm. to serve others, which is a lovely thing. I've done that a lot. Uh, And that's something that can be, when it's mindfully chosen and intentional, we have the bandwidth or the wherewithal to choose ourselves then too. But when we're doing it sort of on autopilot, that's when we can be a little bit prone to having illness or to having something that's really distressing for us.
0: Mm-hmm. It just ultimately creates discordant energy within our own energetic system and that which we really don't know how to process. And then it becomes, you know, a, an energetic block that we have to work through, if not now in current time, then in future timeframes as well. And I believe that, you know, the feeling that we do for ourselves today in present time also allows for the space for healing in future relationships or even in future generations. Just like we talked about the ancestral lineage affecting us, the healing we do today can affect the future of, you know, your children or if you have grandchildren as well. So very important. Very important. And so, Valerie, I know many of our listeners are sitting here thinking, how do I connect with this beautiful this beautiful spirit who's talking through the microphone today? I know that you have online, I believe you've got some classes that you offer to people. Can you share a little bit more what it's like uh, to receive services from you and how you show up for others? What kind of expectations can people have?
1: Yes, so I'm calling it Valerie 3.0 because I've been doing counseling now, that was Valerie 2.0. And so in Colorado, people can see me for counseling. People can also go on to beyond and look at the courses that are available there and purchase the courses. I'm always in creator mode and it takes a while to develop a course. And um, I'm still building my programs. I've got a Facebook group. Well, it's called Beyond Beautiful Emotional Fulfillment for High Achieving Women to do a custom and signature program, which will involve some of my time as well as the program itself. So there are multiple things in development that I'm super excited about. And Anyone can reach out to me and we can discuss their situation. If what I do I feel might be helpful, we'll talk about what works. I also help people find the resources that they're looking for if it's not me. It's not a cookie cutter, like you said. It has to be what's right for the person, the individual. And for those who are already having counseling, the courses that I have are actually great adjunct support to get through maybe a stalled area or a place that feels like there's some inertia with your counselor, but you love your counselor. So you could take one of my courses. Um, These are things that I've done myself. And I've also taught to my clients in the one-on-one
0: counseling sessions. I applaud you for looking at the synergies. um, What is right for the individual that contacts you. And so, you know, having a therapist that you're loyal to and that you have developed a sense of trust with, that's beautiful, right? That's a priceless relationship. But what you're saying is that your online coursework can work synergistically with the one on one counseling as well. And for the listeners, I want to revisit her website is Beyond Beautiful Pathways, plural. So it's P A T H W A Y S. Dot com. And that's a good landing spot for understanding what's happening in Valerie's world and the various different services that she's offering in the classes as well. So, and I know that she's very active um, on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, and um, it, it bridges with Valerie, Bringus, Montgomery, and Beyond Beautiful Pathways as well. So Valerie, I just want to express a tremendous amount of heartfelt gratitude to you and the services that you're offering to others and to finding and having the courage to do the personal work, to become the person that you are today in order to hold space for others in their healing journey. That sounds and that feels like to me intuitively like a life journey, a life journey pathway that's in alignment with your purpose so i applaud you that is just thinking phenomenal and i wish that much yes yes thank you again valerie and for the listeners i'm going to invite you to stay tuned for this quick message you have been listening to the podcast energy medicine where we are aligning your mind body and spirit with energy-based modalities For more information about Dr. Mary Sanders or our podcast, please check out our website at www.drmarysanders.com. Thank you for listening.